Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, we are Made by Mamas, Zoe Hardman and Georgia Dayton. And we are back with our brand new series of our podcast. And we're so excited to be here again. For those of you that do not know us, we met a couple of years ago in a coffee shop in Cheltenham when we were both pregnant. And now three kids later and with one on the way, here we are. Yay, Georgia's pregnant. (laughs) Uh, We're still here with all of our love, support and non-judgmental advice and all of those tips on products that we love and brands that we're obsessed about. Um, And this series, you're going to hear things on co-sleeping, breastfeeding, relationships, fitness, a little bit of sex. (laughs) It's all in there. Um, We're really excited for you to hear it. Let's get on with it. So this week we are talking about um, allergies and reflux in babies. Um, We've spoken to this woman before. She was on our first series, but we really wanted to get her back in, didn't we? And have like an in-depth chat with her because it, it went down well with you guys. Yeah, I mean, we have learned so much from Alison um, since, since we met her. And we've spoken to so many of you guys about reflux and allergies. And it seems to be so common. So we wanted to, you know, dig a bit deeper, get get more of her knowledge and just yeah have a bit more chat we've experienced it to a degree yeah both of us both times round me much more severely with kit I mean since we chatted to Alison I mean I'm now completely dairy free with kit I mean the allergies seem to be hitting us quite hard he now can't have any egg I gave him egg the other day and his lips swelled up and he got hives all over his face and his his eyes were really swollen he couldn't open one of his eyes and then he was scratching behind his ears obviously his skin has blistered before when I gave him cheese it's been a bit of a journey I mean I've really had to clean up his diet we are now um, he's still on near Kate he's only having two bottles a day morning and evening and then he's literally eating fish vegetables and potato sweet potato that's really healthy I mean it's a healthy diet but I also don't want him I don't want him I worry because you know, the, the mother in me wants him to have a really easy life. Like, I don't want him to go around to his mate's house and they'd be like, do you want a pizza? And he's like, oh, no, I can't have cheese. Yeah. Like, is he going to grow out of he it? He might grow out of it. I mean, Axel, when I first started weaning him, he used to get, um, like, red blotches all over his face when he had eggs or, like, tomatoes or aubergine. I think it's nightshade, veg- nightshade yeah. vegetables. Um, and I took him to the doctor, but because there was no swelling it was just more like a skin rash he said that it was contact dermatitis 
And so then just to keep like introducing, introducing, introducing. And now he's fine with them. Now he's fine. He still doesn't eat egg, but I don't know if that's because like we told him he doesn't like it and now he's yeah. adamant he doesn't like it. He eats pancakes, he eats eggy bread. Okay, all right. So he just doesn't so, eat scrambled eggs or Yeah, eggs but or. I think that is probably because of how it started, like yeah. him always flaring up. When What's his eczema him. like? It's it's actually quite bad at the moment. Um, I don't, and I don't know why. Like I still haven't got to the bottom of what it is that triggers it. I've tried not bathing him as much. Mm. Um, it sort of helps to a degree. I've tried not using any products on him. Again, sort of helps. I, I feel like it's the same. Yeah. I can't put him in anything in the bath. And if I ever put any bubble bath in, yeah, yeah, you can. his back and all around his neck and everything. I just yeah. feel like I'm failing him as a mother. I'm it's, like, what am I supposed to wash you with? Yeah, it's so weird. And I'm really reluctant to go to the doctor because I don't want him to go on like steroid cream or anything. I'd rather get to the cause of it. Mm. But, I mean, like washing powder, I use fairy. Um, is that the right one to use? I don't know if there's an. That's like there's no non-biological. There's like not really much. Yeah, it's a minefield. Basically, it really you is. can tell from Georgia and Mike's conversation that <laughs> it's an absolute puzzled. minefield. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> and and every child is different. You know, yeah. you think that you just get over one thing. Um, we recently took Kit off his omeprazole, weaned him off. He was doing really well. And I did this lovely Instagram story where I was like, he's off it. I feel like we've cracked it. And two weeks later, he had the chronic diarrhea. He was vomiting. He was rejecting all of his food. Um, and guess what? His reflux has come back. Yeah. And, that, and, I, and I thought he was ill. I mean, I thought, I, I, I mean, he, he was ill, but I actually thought there was something going on with him. And suddenly this mother's instinct kicked in. And I was like, hang on a minute. I spoke to Alison on the phone. I called her up and I was like, what's going on? And she was like, you need to put him back on his omeprazole straight away. He's now back on 15 mils and he's and fine. he's fine again. Yeah. But it breaks my heart because how yeah. long is he going to be on his medicine for? Yeah. I mean, he's still he's still very little, isn't he? He could be so. one next month, G. Still he's little. a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so listen, you, might, you may have guessed it. We are speaking to the absolute guru, the magic sleep fairy, a.k.a. Alison Scott Wright. She's back with us. Um, let's get into it. I can't wait. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. So it's another week, another podcast, and this week uh, we have a returning member um, who was in series one. Um, we absolutely adore her. She's one of our gurus, one of our experts. She's so knowledgeable about babies, the baby whisperer. 
uh, our sleep expert, the magic sleep fairy. It is Alison Scott. Right. <laughs> we are so happy to have you back, and you are the only person we've invited back. So you know. Well, I'm truly, <laughs> truly honoured, ladies. Thank you very much, and very happy to be here. Of course. Oh, it's so lovely to see yeah. you. You, yeah, you are you. just so fantastic, and you're so knowledgeable. And I just basically, when I see you, I just want you to stay forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the uh, the, the uh, pull to come to the house and stay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I can manage to escape, but. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, listen, we wanted to do um, a kind of, I guess, specific podcast about reflux mm. and, um, well, animal protein allergies, basically, because yeah. we're seeing more and more loads of um, mm-hmm. questions, uh, loads of mums sending us messages saying, help, 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 yeah. baby's in trouble. So we thought you'd be the person to kind of shed some light on that. So I, I guess let's start off with the reflux. And I want to ask the question, what is reflux? Well, reflux is quite simply the backward flow of the stomach contents. And the stomach contents bounce back up through the lower esophageal sphincter muscle and the valve and come up into the esophagus and it splashes up into the back of the throat, the nasal passages, the sinuses, drips into the eustachian tube in the ear. That's why a lot of these babies that have reflux get, they sneeze a lot, they're very mucousy, they get watery eyes, they get waxy ears, they get hiccups, um, they often have a cough because it. what comes with the, gastri- uh, with the stomach contents is a gastric acid and it's the acid that does all the damage. So acid should not be in those mucosal membrane areas. So you mentioned a couple of symptoms there. So Mm. if you suspect that your baby's got reflux, what should you be looking out for? Well, in in the back of my book, the the, the last chapter is dedicated to reflux. And I think there's about four pages where I list symptoms (laughs) because there are a lot. And obviously there is no baby is going to have every single one of those symptoms because they all respond and react differently. And they, they all... Uh, have showed different signals and have different symptoms. But typically, as I say, mucus, mucusy, very mucusy, they often have hiccups. Some of them will bring up their milk and some of them won't. And whether they vomit or they don't, that's it's all reflux. If, if the refluxate is coming up from the stomach, whether it comes out as vomit or spit up or dribble, or it just comes up and goes back down again, it's all reflux. It just depends on the force that it leaves the gut. Okay. So we talk about silent reflux when they don't vomit. But I don't really like that term, to be honest, because babies that have it are rarely silent. Yeah. Because they're usually in a lot of pain. So Maybe um, we should call it screaming reflux. Screaming reflux. I think that's <laughs> much better, Georgia, actually. I think we should, yeah, we'll, we'll start a little campaign and call it that. <laughs> Um, so, so other sim- signals and symptoms, uh, yeah, they, they often dribble a lot. As I say, they often have hiccups, mucousy, waxy ears. And typically, babies that have had severe reflux will go on to be older babies, toddlers with ENT problems, ear, nose and throat issues. Babies end up having grommets. They've got water, fluid in the ear. They often end up having adenoids, tonsils out. So many of my clients, of, mm. of babies have grown up and gone down that road. Um, obviously, the other symptoms arching the back where they're always trying to stand up, they're going rigid because they're like trying to pull away from the burning that's in, in the esophagus, in the chest. Often why that's why they don't like their car seat, because you bucket them into a car seat and they're strapped in and they can't arch their back. They yeah. are, So many people say to me, they don't like their car seat. What can I do? Like, Sorry. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Kit didn't like his car seat. <laughs> Still for... doesn't really no. like it now. The trouble is they then build up a phobia. Mm-hmm. You know, and that can happen very, very quickly. And it's very quickly for them to build up that association. They know that they don't like something. Babies aren't silly. They're very, very in tune with their bodies and what they like and what they don't like. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and as as you know, I think that first day when I came to you, Kit was. You came through the door and was screaming, wasn't he? And it, and it, We're sort of laughing now, but it's through it, tears. It was, I know, it was yeah. horrible. It was horrendous, Bless wasn't him. it? I mean, I can sort of speak about this firsthand yeah. um, because we've been living and breathing this for the last sort of, well, mm. he's, he's better now, but really for six months. Yeah. And um, I think, I just think uh, it's very hard as a mother because you have this baby and then you, you notice that something's not quite right. You can feel it, can't you? With the, with the yeah, crying and, the, and, you know, all the symptoms that you've kind of, um, you've just told us. And then you go to the doctors and the doctor says to you oh don't worry about it it's just the sinuses waking up he's putting on weight yeah you know all those things because that's what I Axel had a bit of reflux when he was a baby yeah. and now I speak to you I know that he definitely did mm. but he obviously just it couldn't have been that bad because he you know he got better and yeah, we had him with Gabascon and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't anywhere near as severe as Kit but um, yeah it's just really it's really, just really interesting because you never you wouldn't know as a first time mum I don't think I even heard of reflux of course not and then when you go to the doctors and they send you away yeah. you know oh don't worry he'll grow out of it mm. or she'll grow out of it or it's just a phase or you know you're probably you know probably a bit cold at night and all this stuff it's like no 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 there's something seriously wrong going on here well there is and <clears throat> the, the, the main thing that, that people will talk about other than reflux is colic that's what babies yeah. do babies have a bit of colic don't worry they'll grow out <laughs> oh, of it I hate that phrase <laughs> yes. to have some well, infocol I know well I'm afraid that's not really going to cut the mustard it's not going to help uh, very much at all and in actual fact infocol um, it has slight acidic properties. It's got that sort of orange smell to it and it's got um, a, a flavourant in it that is actually um, slightly acidic. And obviously when you've got a baby that's got an over-acidic production in the gut, which is what acid reflux is, it's going to exacerbate that. It doesn't really help at all. But just going back to colic, I mean, in my book, again, I talk about, I, I think one of the headings is the colic myth explained. Because colic, if you look it up in the English Dictionary, it says, non-descriptive term for abdominal pain. Well, I really find that difficult when then a baby is labelled as having colic because we're accepting that the baby's got abdominal pain but not doing anything about it. Yeah, not saying why. And I just don't... I cannot and will not ever accept that a baby can be in pain and we don't have to do anything about it. And that's what many, many years ago set me on this course of utter determination to find out what was really going on and and to to help these babies that were evidently in pain because I, as I say I just won't accept it so and then people talk about colic and the three threes if they cry for more than three hours a day three days a week for three weeks oh, I three heard hours that. a day I know I mean <sighs> but I would never ever accept that a baby would scream for three hours a day they just don't I mean, do that no, they shouldn't no. do that they shouldn't they only cry to tell us something and if they are crying for any length of time and you can't console them you don't know what to do then for sure there is something upsetting them with you know it could be just tiredness you know it might be that the routine isn't quite as it should be or whatever but if it continues it typically means that they've got some digestive distress and digestive discomfort and and, and pain we used to have the witching hour as i called it and yeah. it was between five and six at night Every mm-hmm. night, five mm-hmm. o'clock, Axel would cry yeah. for an hour, five till six. That typically <laughs> comes down to it's the end of the day. And I talk about the witching hour in my book because it is. It's towards the end of the day. They've been feeding all day. And if they have got a bit of reflux, their their gut is just on, on like overload. It's just saturation point. Can't cope anymore. They're tired because naturally their body clocks will follow the, the, the sun and the moon and the 12 hour split of the, of the day and the night. And by the end of the day, they've just lost the plot. They're just like, 
can't cope anymore. Oh, and God. They're just too tired. <laughs> and as a parent, you're, you're yeah. on the verge of Five not being able to cope. You're yeah. about feeling the same. And yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And one of, the, one of the worst things, of course, is our natural instinct is to do everything we possibly can to try and help the baby. But the more you do, the more you tend to do, trying to help it, the worse it actually makes it because really all the babies need and they just, they just want to sleep. They just need that calm, quiet, just sit with them, let them have a bit of a cry, hold them, whatever, and just let them calm and let them sleep rather than trying this, do this. Let's move you here. Let's turn you upside down. Let's, you know. <laughs> yeah, they just want the quiet, don't they? They do. Yeah. They do, yeah. Where did this ethos... Um, come from about sort of growing out of colic oh don't worry he'll grow out of it ah, well that's that's interesting so all those years ago before the back to sleep campaign and this was typically when colic was much more talked about and used really i think more than reflux and the ethos was that they would grow out of it by about three months there's an element of truth in this although it wasn't colic it was still reflux but the reason being babies used to sleep on their front And naturally, babies who sleep on their front, because they do little mini mini push-ups, and even when they're sleeping still, they push up to turn their head from side to side and they move themselves like that, they naturally strengthen all the inner core muscles. And those core muscles go down and and incorporate and include the lower esophageal sphincter muscle that surrounds the valve that sits at the top of the stomach and at the bottom where the esophagus joins the stomach. So naturally, by about three months, because they've been sort of doing the little press ups on their sleeping on their front, they they have strengthened those inner core muscles that much that obviously that sphincter muscles stay helps the valve stay shut much more easily. So it would have appeared that a lot of babies did used to outgrow it. And and I've proved that a number of times with some young babies that, that I've worked with whose parents have chosen to sleep the baby on its front. Yeah, we just want to say here that obviously the NHS guidelines are to sleep your baby on, on the its back. back. So that's what is out there. That's what's recommended to yep. you. Um, I am a front sleeper. Uh, my husband's a front sleeper. Luna's a front sleeper. And I've chosen to sleep Kit on his front. So that's a, that's a personal choice that yep. I've looked into and I've chosen to do that. And you've also recommended that. Yes, I did because Kit had such bad reflux he was he was never ever going to be able to lie comfortably on his back and the the di- disastrous long-term effects of babies that lie on their back when they've got reflux from the acid damage as i alluded to earlier you know all the ear nose and throat problems and yeah. yep. you know i mean i've seen 10 months old uh, babies that have they've got a really hoarse voice because their their throat's damaged from acid i've seen toddlers whose teeth have eroded through acid wow. damage. So I, I do see the extremes. I know I see the extremes. but And a lot of that could have been prevented if babies had been sleeping on, on their tummy. And when I talk about this, I always talk about it as responsibly as I possibly can. And by the way, I've got three grandchildren and they all slept on their front too. So I don't... I don't I don't ever tell anyone else to do it. I, I did it with my own. But yeah. I, I if people ask me, I will advise them how to do it safely. And how I, do you do that? I always put an under mattress sensor in place and I still fail to understand why every single cotton mattress is not issued with an under mattress sensor. Because then it doesn't matter what position your baby sleeps in. And in actual fact, they recently changed the back to sleep campaign to they called it the safe to sleep campaign. I was going to say yeah. safe to sleep, isn't it now? So yeah. why did they not just go that little bit further and say safe to sleep, sleepy baby on a sensor? Because then 
that's the safest way. That's why they used yeah. a Niku and Skaboo and, and it will alarm. I think when I first had Axel, I actually bought a, an under mattress sensor uh-huh. that came with my monitor. And loads of people said to me, oh, you don't want that. That'll just keep beeping at you and stuff in the night. Oh, yeah, you, do, you, don't, need the, you don't need the extra worry. And I didn't use it. And now I think back, I'm like... But you really can't be too safe, can you? So why well, didn't I use it? This is my point. You know, in the world of technology that we live in, there is technology at our fingertips, but we we refuse. It seems we refuse to use it. We we just reject it because it'll make you more stressed and more anxious, and and it'll keep beeping at. You. They don't keep beeping at you. They'll only beep if there's a problem, and they'll alert you to there being a problem. Yeah. So I've I've just never understood that ethos. And funny enough, very recently. I had a, I've got a GP who's a client of mine and she I had this conversation with her and she said never again will I say to any mum that walks into my surgery not to use an under mattress sensor she said I will advise them all to use one Brilliant. moving forward because it's worked for her and it actually did go off once luckily her baby's absolutely fine but because of the, the experience she had so we do get the message out there yeah i mean it, it worked wonders for us i can only speak um for my from my experience but kit was in so much pain he was mm. not being able to nap for any length of time you know he was waking up after 15 20 minutes screaming out screaming out i was desperate oh, sleep on your back sleep on your back sleep on your back the minute we flipped him over he slept for what five hours? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Oh right, this is how a baby should sleep. I mean, it was virtually like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, totally. So, and you talk about how you know they don't grow out of it now because a lot of babies are sleeping on their back. So, can some children and toddlers still have reflux? Absolutely, and and I've seen it many, many times. Um, and it, it's just on the increase. It's. Um, I would say epidemic proportions these days of of kids that are growing up that that still have reflux issues. And the link that I have made to a lot of these young children that have so-called behavioural issues are being tested on the spectrum. They're labelled a bit of ADHD. All these things actually come from sleep deprivation because they're wired with adrenaline, so they can't sit still, they don't focus, they can't concentrate, and being in pain. And they're not sleeping at night because of the acid reflux. Because of the acid reflux, they're not sleeping. They've never learnt to sleep. They don't know if it's never been managed or treated. So they've never learnt, their bodies have never learnt how to sleep, and they just sit in this state of producing adrenaline to keep them going because the bodies are an incredible thing and they they will you know our bodies will keep going but the effects of it end up with these children that are often the the children that are tricky to manage shall we say mm. and you know then given labels with ADHD and and I've worked with a number of them and after treating them they you know we go and see the the pediatric gastro we get them on a meprazole typically we often change diets and diets is a big thing that, that I, want I want to, to yeah, discuss. About that. Yeah. But but their their behaviour and the schools have reported back their behaviour is unrecognisable as the child that they were. But b- because we treat the reflux, we treat their dietary intolerances because typically the old the older children that still have reflux have it because they have intolerances. They sl- I, I teach the parents how to teach the children to sleep, put things in place. Within within weeks, like two to four weeks maximum, as I say, the children are unrecognisable to how they were. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because if I haven't slept for three yeah. days properly, I don't act like myself. I don't feel like myself. I yep. probably play up. 
So <laughs> you, you really know. do. I mean, I've, just, I've come you come off the back of a wild night with G. She doesn't have any sleep. She really plays me up. <laughs> no, it, it makes total. It sense. does. It does. It does make total sense. And the same with like food and stuff. If you haven't eaten or what you've eaten doesn't agree <clears> with you, you <throat> don't feel yourself, do you? No. So it makes yeah. total sense. So we've identified, let's say, you know, <clears throat> child A who's got reflux. What do we then yeah. do? Well, I guess it depends on on the age of the child, but let let's say there's a, a, a toddler who's got a bit of eczema going on, uh, has tricky bowel movements, perhaps sometimes a bit constipated. Um, often you find they're very difficult to potty train these children because they 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 associate going to the toilet with it creates pain when they put down the pressure and that's very true of small babies they become anally retentive because they don't want to strain or push down to expel a stool because it will create them to cause them to reflux um the child will typically probably be quite a fussy eater that old fussy eater thing you know they don't want to sit at the table right or they could be uh, uh, it could be a child that, that food crams and sort of puts as much food in its mouth as possible. And, and I've seen reflux children do this where they'll just like have handfuls and they fill their mouth as much as possible and then just spit it all out and very, wow. very little of it goes down. They, ha- they grow up with these really odd associations to, to food because they know that what goes down causes them problems. Uh, I mean, there was a little boy, Charlie, who I worked with once and he was he was two. And, and every mealtime, without fail, he would sit at the table, he would eat two or three mouthfuls of his food and then he would sit there and his, his chest and his neck would just flush red as he started to reflux. And then he would just get so angry and he would oh, just God. pick up his plate and throw it. And then he'd try and reach for food off somebody else's plate but, and he'd try it again. I mean, bless his little heart. He kept yeah, trying. That's and he, so and sad, that was, isn't that it? had been going on for ages. Mm. So, you know, we treated him and everything, and he, he was fine within within days. But what's the link between <clears throat> certain foods and reflux? It's dairy. <clears throat> yes. So the link between allergen foods, the typical allergens are dairy, soya, and gluten. And dairy itself, cow's milk protein, is the most indigestible product known to the human body. So have a glass of milk, it lines your stomach. Don't eat cheese late at night, it makes you dream. A a true two facts, simply because we find it very difficult to digest the chains of protein in the cow's milk. So when you have an immature gut or a gut that's uh, sensitive, maybe a gut that's been exposed to antibiotics uh, or other medicines and things, and it's so that the, the gut flora is compromised, the babies and children can find it very difficult to, to break down the chains of, of protein. In actual fact, I spoke to a lady yesterday who at one year old had uh, switched her baby from formula to cow's milk because that's the recommendation, just yeah. full fat cow's milk. So from from a formula onto full fat cow's milk when the child was 12 months old. she I spoke to her yesterday. Her baby is now 14 months old and for two months hasn't slept and has oh, sores no. round round her mouth. Oh my goodness. And it's simply due to switching them onto cow's milk. I remember last time we spoke to you, I just switched Axel. We just got a milkman. Yes. And right. do you remember? Yes. And um, he was drinking and, and he started waking up in the night That's and right. I couldn't believe it. That's right. But I haven't cut out cow's milk, but I've got this A1 milk. Okay. Where it's yep. easier to digest. 
Yes. Yes. And so I used that and I mixed it with a bit I mixed it with a bit of water as well. Yeah. I mean he only has one bottle at night and hardly yeah. anything is for comfort. And you're cutting that out on yeah, Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're cutting it out. Well, that's that's um, fine if he still has that. But though. it's made such, such a, difference. a difference. There you go. Um, so yeah. sores round the mouth. Yeah, because the the gut was struggling to to break break down the chains of protein, overproducing acid. And because the other thing she said was that the little um, patients had suddenly started dribbling loads and she thought, oh, it's another tooth coming. But it wasn't really anything to do with teething. It's because the gut wasn't able to digest the, the full fat cow's milk. So, yeah. so it overproduces acid. Acid comes up because the stomach's trying to eject what it can't cope with mm. in any way it can. So it'll come up. And she ended up with sores around her mouth. Well, what's a good alternative? Because that is obviously what you're recommended. I mean, some, a doctor's told me that. So, yeah, you know, get rid of the formula. One, just cow's milk. Yeah. We did that with Luna. It was a nightmare until I realised that actually, no, no, that wasn't yeah. working for her. We went yeah. on to oat milk. So are there other alternatives out there? There are loads of alternatives these days. I mean, 10 years ago when I was telling people about, you know, the food allergens, it was really tricky. But gradually, you've seen in the supermarkets, you've got the yeah. free from aisles now. I mean, and it's a whole aisle instead of it used to be just a little shelf even five years ago. Now mm. it's a whole aisle and all the cafes and, and, and restaurants, they're all doing allergen free foods and ask about if, you, if you've got problems, they say, ask us uh, any problems with food. Um, the best alternatives are the plants, the, the nut products and, and the plants. So oat is a great alternative. Um, almond milk, cashew nut milk. Um, there's a there's a brand called Milk actually M Y L K by Rebel Kitchen, that that's quite a quite a good one for for babies that are over a year old. Um, coconut yogurt, you know they they're all we available. We love that in our house. Yeah. Yeah. We have that in our house. Koyu, Ko- yeah, uh, yeah, oh, that's so yeah. I call it Koyo, yeah, I just call <laughs> it, it Koyu. Oh right, <laughs> Koyo. Sorry, Ko-yo. <laughs> it's my dyslexia. It's Koyo. <laughs> yeah, we love Kit. Loves that. Kit's having that now and yeah. he loves it. Yeah. So it's so you truly believe that all babies and toddlers should be dairy gluten and soy free no that i i couldn't say that every single baby in the world needs to be dairy soy and gluten free but if they've got digestive problems for sure sorry that's what i meant yeah yeah absolutely you know if if you if your child baby toddler child is struggling is a fussy eater um one thing to look out for is if they've still got reflux when they're older as as children they often drink lots and lots of water and in fact a friend of yours uh, natalie yep her little daughter was classic wanting to drink water all through the night yeah milk Every, as well milk anything she would because they want to drink and suck and swallow and wash away the acid burning pain in the esophagus and that doesn't change. You know, they want to do it with their babies. They'll drink and drink and drink, some of them. I mean, more babies and children will overeat, actually, in response to reflux pain than turn away from it. The ones that turn away from it and feed refuse, obviously, that's it's really challenging to deal with. It's easier if they're, they're the ones that want to eat and suck and swallow yeah. and, 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 and mm. get rid of the pain that way. So, so just going back yeah, a little bit, gonna get back to, babies. to the beginning, yeah, to babies, if you're breastfeeding, mm-hmm. then should you cut dairy out if you suspect yes. that your baby has reflux? One of, one of the first things, I mean, I, I work work very closely with, with, with Dr. L. Toomey, who's a paediatric gastroenterologist. And many times I go to see him with clients and, and he will be saying to, to the mums, if you want to carry on breastfeeding, then you need to go dairy, soy and gluten free. And then sometimes we have to take it a step further even and say, cut out all carbonated drinks, no caffeine, no alcohol. Sorry, ladies. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've not been allowed to drink for almost ten months, so then you can't drink it. If you if you're if you're breastfeeding, it it's worth a try. And I always say to mums though that want to continue breastfeeding a reflux baby, keep your keep your mind open to how things are going to go. You may succeed, you may not. It can be incredibly difficult to breastfeed and continue breastfeeding a, a reflux baby. A lot of women have success with it and a lot of women don't. So just keep, you know, bear that in mind. It can be tricky. I think that's a really important point, actually, because actually, if you're on your breastfeeding journey, it can be absolutely devastating if it doesn't work out the way that you want it to. But at that point, you've got to look, I guess, at, you know, how it's um, transmitting to baby and how that is working out if they've got reflux, if they've got reflux. Yeah, absolutely. It, It can be. You know, some women end up using nipple shields that can help when they've the babies have, have, have got reflux. So why would a nipple shield help? Because it slightly regulates the flow. Ah, okay. I see. So a lot of a lot of women's breast milk will, especially when the, the the boobs are full, you know, it'll squirt out, and as the baby starts to suck, the body our bodies get overexcited. Oh, baby's there! Let's give it some milk, and you know, it all sprays out and everything. And then, of course, when babies have got reflux. Anything, they've usually got a very sensitive gag reflex. Mm. So as the milk squirts out of your boob, it hits the back of their throat and they're like, <coughs> and they're coughing and spluttering air. and choking, air goes down and then it's just game over. So if you put a nipple shield on, it, it can help regulate that flow because, oh, that's the, interesting. Yeah, because the milk will come and hit the nipple shield and then the baby can regulate the flow slightly better through that. That's a really good tip. Yeah, yeah it is because really I've tip. only ever thought of nipple shields as if you had sore nipples. Sore. Like no. I used them and mm. that was because my nipples were really sore. But actually, you know, the other yeah. that's a great tip. Yeah. yeah. So, so at what point... Um, because I'm just sort of going into the mind because I was there six, six, seven months ago of a mother who's got a reflux baby. Do you then go to the doctor and say, this is not right here. You need to look at other options. What will the doctor hopefully do for you? Well, sadly, reflux and intolerances are still not that well recognised and understood. And I would probably say most of my clients have been to seek help from health professionals, whether it's the doctor, the health uh, the health visitor, other other maybe breastfeeding counsellors. There are there seem to be very few constructive advice that that can come from from those people. But hopefully we are getting the message out there and things are changing. And I know you told me, yeah, Zoe, that your was my it your, GP, your yeah. GP had just their, their whole practice had just been given a talk. From, from an allergy specialist about yep. cow's milk protein intolerance, which is great because the, the more people that know, the better. Um, hopefully your your doctor will take you seriously and not dismiss you with, you know, that's what babies do, it's a bit of colic, or if they vomit, it's just a laundry issue, they'll outgrow it. I've heard all sorts of things. Trust me. Oh, are oh, you yes. just feeling a bit teary today? Yes. Is it your first? <laughs> oh, is it your first? Is that your first? Oh, well, never mind, you'll be okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, but that's, that, that is that is often what, what's, what's said. Um Hopefully they will take you seriously. Typically the pathway of what they do is they tend to reach for medicines first. I would tend to look at diet first rather than give the baby medicine. Obviously a lot of babies I do work with end up on medicine that is prescribed obviously by doctors and and, and, and the paediatric gastro. But I 
try to look at giving alternative milks, first of all, or, or changing mum's diet if she's breastfeeding to see if that makes a difference. It obviously depends on the age of the baby. I mean, if we're looking at a six-month-old that's had problems from six months, then we need to act straight away. If we're talking about a, you know, a six-week-old, we've got a couple of weeks to play with to see if we can just improve things by changing diet rather than you know, starting on with medicines and things. But if they do need medicines, the pathway is usually the GP will go Gaviscon, Ranitidine, Omeprazole. That's yeah. The that's the path, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Axel had infant Gaviscon and yeah. that seemed to do the trick. Yeah. But you mentioned, some. yeah, you mentioned milk, like giving them different milk. So at, say, six weeks old, you're not breastfeeding because it's difficult, you yeah. don't want to, whatever. What milks are good for reflux babies? Yeah. interesting, because... There are obviously your AR milks, which are anti-regurgitation. And if the baby isn't showing any signs of cow's milk protein intolerance or any sort of allergy, then it might be useful to use one of those. I mean, Hip Organic do one, Aptamil do Aptamil AR, SMA stay down, you know. And the reason that they that they have we have these milks is because, simple fact, the thicker the liquid that goes into the gut, the better it will stay down. Um, and, and if you're breastfeeding... And I would advise perhaps you change change diet, take exclude some food groups and see what happens. You can also buy the thickener, which is instant Carabelle, and you can buy it separately. Okay. But that's what most of those milks are pre-thickened with. Yeah. That's what we use. We thicken yeah. it up. We, we're on near Cape, but we use yeah. Carabelle to thicken it up, and it seems to work. The minute yeah. we started using it, he stopped vom- projectile yeah. vomiting. It's amazing. So with, with young, certainly with young babies that are, that are breastfed, I would start using some instant Carabelle because you can mix it up into a little paste, smear it on your nipple or put it in their mouth and... As they latch on, it sort of dissipates and goes into the gut and hopefully thickens the milk. So that can help sometimes. Um, The other milks, obviously, though, if there are allergies or suspected intolerances, you know, through explosive poos, sore bottoms, eczema, cradle cap, all that sort of stuff that's um, very uh, systematic with, with an allergy, I would be looking at using milks called Nutramagen or Neocate. And I know that Kit started off on Nutramagen, only because that's the only one that they would prescribe you. Yep. I actually wanted him to have Neocate. From the word go. From you said the word that. go. Yeah. But you have to work with what you're given because those two milks are very expensive. So Nutramagen is about, for 400 gram tin, it's about £15, I think. So how long would that last, just to put it uh, If context. they were solely formula fed, you'd probably need two and a half, three tins a week. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. I mean, we, we yeah. pick up six from the pharmacy and I'm up there. I can only get six at a time and I'm up there virtually every 10 days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. me again. Yeah. <laughs> but the, ne- the Neocate, it ranges between 40 and £50 pounds a tin. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's massively expensive and that's why But the NHS were amazing and they, we, obviously, they were. we obviously go through the NHS yep. to get ours. You so, do, I yeah. know. And, and they, they, they are for a lot of people, but it can be challenging to get these milks, but especially mm. if, the, you know, the, the GP and things don't, don't, doesn't sort of recognise the, the symptoms. But we've, talk, we've talked about the symptoms of reflux, but just quickly, what are the symptoms of a, a cow's milk allergy? Typically, they will have bowel issues. So it may be that their bowels are very erratic. Uh, they could be explosive one day and then they don't poo for three days and then they do a hard lump. Or So um, also the, their skin will often be quite dry, red, sore patches. They can be quite rashy. Okay. Um, baby acne is, mm. is, is a sign of, of the cow's milk protein intolerance. Lots of bottom wind. Oh, they all fart a lot these poor little babies bless them just like my and husband yeah, yeah. Just like my husband. <laughs> I think we worked out does have a problem no no yeah we did no we did he does have a problem with dairy yeah and yeah. it's often smelly wind as well yeah, these so poor little babies but, you know and they shouldn't be having you know they shouldn't no. be creating that mm. sort of that sort of methane smell bless them 
Um, often they will they will vomit. They will be vomiters. They will vomit a lot because they they literally can't tolerate what's going into the gut. So they throw it up. You mm. know. Um, yeah. So so those are, sometimes they can be quite subtle though the the allergy symptoms. But uh, so it's just it's just worth, you know, really observing your baby and checking it out and looking up all the symptoms online or in the back of my book that you can find and seeing how many you tick. Um, just before we have to go, because sadly we do, yep. even though we could chat to you all day. <laughs> yeah, we could. A million questions. <laughs> um, I know that a lot of um, parents might be quite concerned and quite worried if they are exclusively cutting out dairy from the diet and are giving their children a meprosal every single day because it goes through my head. You know, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to get back onto that dairy ladder and how am I supposed to wean my child or, you know, off a meprosal? I'm having to give him medicine every day. I hate it. I do hate it. Yeah. Um, so what what advice can you give? Okay, so the first thing that I would be doing for for Kit, we will talk later about a weaning off the omeprazole plan. But my ethos is always, once the babies are settled and sorted, which I think Kit pretty much is now, so we can talk about a a weaning off programme from the omeprazole. However, I do it very, very, very slowly. So don't ever think you can stop those medicines in just a week because you'll have a big, the, the baby will have a big acid dump and you know they'll have acid reflux worse than they ever had before so you have to be careful and you come off it very 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 slowly so the body can readjust itself once we've got him off or any of them off the drugs and they've been stable for a month then i would start challenging their system with introducing the allergens that they haven't had so in kit's case that'll be dairy soy and gluten although i wouldn't do all three at once and i would probably start with just a bit of dairy there is what's called the milk ladder that the NHS put out there. She told me about that when I went last week. Give him ah. a biscuit. She was like, I was like yeah. he hasn't got any teeth. <laughs> I know. And I really, I mean, if you read the milk ladder, it's it's a, it's a biscuit, it's chocolate buttons, it's I lasagna. Know. The it's milk like, ladder? Yes, yes, it's called the milk ladder. Is it to introduce? It's to reintroduce them ladder. onto dairy. But it's shocking, really. I'm sorry. I mean, they, there, are, there are much better foods that you could be giving them to get Can't them back. Put me on the milk ladder. <laughs> Chocolate buttons, lasagna. <laughs> what else? Biscuits. Great. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I just would add a little tiny little bit of butter into a bit of mashed potato or something. You know, whatever age appropriate, of course, and just see how they get on. And if they're fine with that, then probably a few strands of grated cheese and. I'm not going to start giving them digestive biscuits and things, no. I'm sorry, and chocolate Should buttons. you wait until they, they hit 12 months? Should you wait until after the, the it's, first year? It's, it's not so much the first year. It, it's more dependent on how their reflux is and when they're off medicine. Mm-hmm. So when they're off medicine and when they're stable, then they might be they might be eight months, they might be 18 months. So whatever that point is... I would want to get them off medicine and stable first before I start introducing the allergens back okay. into the diet. Okay, yeah. well, I'll have you on speed dial for that thing. <laughs> um, we'll finish up with five products. And so obviously this is a slightly different episode, so it wouldn't just be normal products. But as you, know, as you say, there's a certain things that <laughs> reflux babies respond better to. So what, what are the five okay. products? The Angel Care Sensor Pad so that they can sleep on their front if you choose to do so. Yeah. Mam bottles, the mam anti-colic bottles with a screw on bottom. Uh, absolutely brilliant. I never ever use anything else. Instant Carabel. Yeah. Thicken the milk, especially if you're not using a pre-thickened formula because the baby's got an allergy. So the milk near Kate is absolutely like liquid gold as far as I'm concerned. That's why it's 40 <laughs> or 50 pounds a tin. <laughs> she got expensive taste. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm going to bring in one other product here that I've found 
is very helpful because, of course, we've talked about omeprazole and medicines and things, but this is a product called Colic Calm. And it's not a medicine. It's a natural product. And it's actually black. It's a black juice, so I call it pirate juice because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's black and you get it in a little bottle with a dropper. And because it's got charcoal in because it has antacid properties, that's why it's black. And I found that to be very useful. And, and a number of my clients have found that incredibly useful. It's not available on uh, mainstream. It's just got its own little website that you can find. But if you literally look up Colic Calm, that is a really, really good tip. Oh, that's such Braille, a good tip. Thank I love you. that. And if people want to, you know, use you, your services, yeah. how can they get in touch with you? They can look me up, Alison Scott Wright, The Magic Sleep Fairy. You can find my website. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. So just drop me a line, get in touch. Great. Lovely. Yay, Alison's so lovely to have yeah, you in. Thank you pleasure. so much. I feel You're so informed welcome. again. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Wow, Alison. we've learned so much again. <laughs> I want basically want Alison to move in with me. Yeah, or at least be a neighbour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alison, you can't stay permanently, but be a neighbour and pop around every now and again. Yeah. Great. Buy the house next door. Um, so, as with every episode, we'll round off with our top five favourite products. Um, I'm going to kick this off with the Baby Bjorn Bouncer Bliss. So reflux babies hate laying on their back and so this tilts them slightly up it's really light and you can bounce them a little bit as the name suggests yeah it's also really lovely they've just launched a collection which is all jersey and it's just beautiful yeah it's gorgeous one of our absolute favorite products of all time kit was in it until he was about six months old and was like super happy in it you know yeah. it, it like in a good position can see everything and obviously doesn't hurt them so yeah. fab wins <laughs> um second one today is just to kind of reiterate what Alison said it's not really a product but it's about exploring the milks now loads of people come to us on Instagram and talk yeah. about the fact that they've they've put their baby onto um, anti-reflux milk and this milk and that milk and on hip organic and which is the right one there's obviously two out there which is Neocate and Nutramagen which you have to go to your doctor to get um, I would highly recommend if you think your baby's got reflux you need to you need to knock down that door and say I need to look at these two milks they're just much easier for reflux babies to break down and um and and obviously they are prescription milks you can't get them over the counter yeah i mean i hadn't heard of either of those until um kit yeah so um and which leads us perfectly to bottles so there are loads of um like anti-colic bottles out there um alison recommends mam which are amazing i know you used them didn't you yeah i love the mam ones and they self-sterilize in the microwave that is brilliant and i use dr brown's again i absolutely love them um, in fact, Axel still has those now. Without the little tube in the middle. I love that Axel still has milk before bed. I know. How old is he now? Nearly three. Yeah. <laughs> no judgment here. Um, obviously, having a reflux baby is quite hard to navigate with the foods. So we found with Kit that he absolutely loves the kind of snacks that he can hold in his hand and eat. We love Kiddelicious in our house. Like, I still eat packets of them, <laughs> the veggie ones. And also the organics as well, the carrot sticks, really yeah. great. Yeah, Axel loves the carrot cakes. He actually thinks it's like a proper, like, cake, which is brilliant. <laughs> um, he has that with his milk in the evenings. <laughs> he does. Um, and then lastly, white noise. I mean, all babies love white noise, but reflux babies especially. Yeah, Alison taught me this, that it really settles them. So if they're feeling uncomfortable or a bit anxious or anything like that, you just pop white noise on. We all know that white noise works for yeah. babies full stop, but particularly reflux babies, I'm not going to lie, Kit's going to be one next month. He still sleeps with this white noise machine, which I bought off Amazon. Yeah, I mean, I- I've said before, one of my best mates, she takes 
she takes her white noise machine on trips with her. I mean, that is going to be me. And how old are her children? Well, she's nearly 30 and she uses it. <laughs> so <laughs> People come around to our house and they go, what's that? It is really nice. <laughs> but you can. You can get white noise machines anywhere, can't yeah. you? Amazon, wherever, really. Do it. Right, that is the last episode of this series. Oh, I believe times. it. I've loved this series. Me too. It's gone really quick, though. Some brilliant guests on. Yeah, we have. I mean, what, what have been your faves? Um, a particular highlight for me, Holly, Holly Valance. Yeah, I loved Holly Valance. Um, and Kimberly Walsh. But to be honest with you, like, everyone's, everyone's been, been amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've said some things which we'll probably get killed for. I was listening to the episode with Georgia Jones the other day where I admitted that my husband pooed on the carpet. And I thought, oh my God, yes! Oh dear, I really hope he doesn't listen to this. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to call James after this and be like hey James did you manage to catch that he definitely really wound me up that day (laughs) I love that you've done that G amazing listen we're going to be divulging more secrets we'll have more chats and um, there'll be loads more going on next series we're not going to be away for very long so thank you so much for listening to this series and getting involved in the conversation as always you can find us on iTunes Acast or wherever you get your uh, podcast you can rate, review and subscribe to us and give us a little five star rating as well and we're going to be back very soon with more. We will. See you then. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.